white supremacies at it again. Hey girls and guys, I'm Brandy with an I and this is Did You Hear the News? As usual, it's been a busy week for our president and vice president and their families as they crisscross the USA to sell their American Rescue Plan. However, the president did find time to make some people angry as per usual, but this time it was the leader of a certain country. You know, our good old friends, Russia. Yeah, our president in an interview with George Stephanopoulos of ABC gave some really interesting critiques about the president of Russia. Um, And George asked him specifically if he believed that Vladimir Putin was a killer. And he answered, "Mm mm-hmm. And I knew immediately it was going to be some ish. And some ish it was, of course, that did not sit right with Vladimir Putin. He removed the Russian ambassador to the U.S. And he had some not so nice things to say. Uh, More pointedly, he began with some nice remarks saying that he wished President Biden health. Now, anyone who knows anything knew that that was shade. And it was either the, I might try to get people to poison you with a Novichok shade, or it was like your old shade, which is not surprising because that seems to be how Russia has been hitting back at President Biden. There are lots of comments about his age. Apparently, the former president of Russia also said something to the effect of, as Freud said, it's expensive to be old and unhealthy. I don't know, something something weird. But anyways, uh, just not that did not go over well um, with Russia, of course. And a lot of people are saying, okay, well, this is, the USA that we know, like this is him sending a response to Russia to say that, you know, the things that you've been doing the past four years are not going to fly in this administration, which I guess is understandable because there was an intelligence report that was declassified regarding the 2020 election in which it appears that Russia did a wee bit meddling in the election. Um, From the report, we learned that Russia actually attempted to help Donald Trump. Iran attempted to hurt Donald Trump, not necessarily by actually propping up Biden, but by just causing confusion and using social issues to drive us apart, which surprise, surprise is not that hard. But yeah, it found that Russia was doing things, was sowing misinformation, of course. 
in that election in ways that would assist Donald Trump in winning. And of course that can't fly. I mean, with the last administration, possibly that can't fly, but we've had them meddling in our elections. We've had them responsible per the FBI for a solar winds hack into multiple government agencies. There's also the fact that apparently they put bounties on the heads of U.S. soldiers. All of that stuff just kind of went unchecked in the last administration. So I guess our President Biden is putting his foot down. Now, did he have to go on TV and call that man a killer? I don't think so. I don't think he had to do that. But he was asked the question and he answered it. I mean, I can't, I can't be upset. He answered it truthfully. But I think that Russia was under the impression that we could bridge the gap to peace. And I think that caught them a little bit off guard. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. The Vladimir Putin did also challenge President Biden to a debate, which I, once again, I think the idea is that, um, and it's not like it's Americans are not helping to push this idea because they are, but the idea is that President Biden is old and senile and he just isn't quick-witted and can't hold up to a debate. So I don't don't think there's any good reason for President Biden to accept a debate with Vladimir Putin. I don't think it helps anything. Like, I don't even know what one would get out of that, even if he, like, crushed him in the debate. Everybody would just be like, okay. Like, it's weird. I don't know. It's like, that macho man stuff that they do that I'm not really interested in. What's really weird, though, I mean, even stranger, is that you have Fox News and actual politicians like Matt Gates of Florida actually siding with Russia and Putin. These are people in our Congress siding with our adversary against our president. We are in dire straits, y'all. We're just in dire straits. So, anyways, that's um how we got Russia upset with us. I was I say we loosely because we haven't done anything but mind our black business. Um, but yeah, that's why Russia is mad. And to make matters worse, we didn't really get off to a good start with North Korea either. I mean, here's the thing. Apparently, the administration has been trying to reach out to the North Korean leader, King Jong-un. They came out and told us, and I don't know who asked, I wasn't asking, but apparently someone did. And, you know, it was mentioned that the administration has tried to reach out to uh, North Korea and they have not gotten a response, which for some reason, I don't even, to me, doesn't seem like a big deal. But for some reason, that upset them. And the leader's sister basically put out a statement saying that if this administration wants to sleep 
at peace for the next four years. They ought not to make a stink early in the game. Now, I was like, wow, wow, that's a strong response to someone saying we tried shooting them a text and they didn't respond, but whatever. Uh, once again, another country that's not super happy with us. I mean, I'm sure there's stuff going on on the back end that we might have missed, but yeah, they're, they're not happy with us either. And neither is China. The Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, met with Chinese leaders in Alaska the past few days. I think it was Thursday and Friday. And it got off to a very tense start. Apparently, each side was supposed to have about two minutes to do introductory remarks. And Secretary Blinken took his two minutes to basically say like, hey, we kind of seen what's been going on in China and we want to talk to you guys about that. Um, we think that you're kind of pushing a little forcefully on the rest of the world and we see that being very violent. Well, apparently China didn't care for that. They gave like a 20 minute rebuttal. It was supposed to be two and um, they apparently sent the press out so the press was there i think to catch the opening remarks and then they were going to leave but apparently there was just like a back and forth and each side really wanted to make sure that the press caught their responses so at one point they sent the press out and then i think like the chinese wanted them to come back because they were like we want y'all to hear how we're gonna respond it was like a, a back and forth of you know might versus might because who knows who's right in this situation but uh apparently um you know the chinese representatives said they felt like the tone was off they didn't like the tone of the u.s's you know remarks and opening statement they expected the U.S. to be better, and so they didn't like what they got, and they were like, well, maybe we just expected too much from y'all, and I wanted to be like, yeah, that's how we all feel, but, you know, not taking sides. Anyway, so that's three countries not super happy with it, which I get, like, they're technically our adversaries, but we do still have to have some sort of a diplomatic relationship with these countries if we don't want them sending missiles to the states so let's watch those hopefully things can get better it's early in the game we're what about 50 some days in we're early we're early so let's watch that and see how it goes unfortunately in our community in the united states we've talked about it on this podcast before there has been an extreme uptick in Asian American Pacific Islander violence or violence against those communities, should I say. And unfortunately, this week, it reached ahead in a way that was completely foreseeable and could have been prevented. But we had a young adult man, a grown man, 
actually go into multiple businesses run by Asian Americans, massage parlors or shops, and open fire, killing eight people, six of them Asian women. I think one of them was a white woman and then there was a man. I can't, I don't know if his ethnicity. I'm thinking that the lady was white. I know she had, I think her last name is Hispanic because her husband was Hispanic, but six Asian American women at Asian run facilities. As in this man got in his car, took his gun, went to a shop run by Asian Americans, then to another shop run by Asian Americans, and then like 45 minutes away to another shop run by Asian Americans. And the spokesperson for the sheriff's department came out the next day in a press conference and told us that it's early, which I'll give them, but it doesn't appear to be racially motivated. And here's how he knows why. Because the suspect told him it wasn't. So apparently this young man suffers from his words, sexual addiction. And these are places that he has frequented, I guess, that have allowed him to enable those addictions. And so he felt that he should just eliminate the threat, okay? And even more upsetting to a lot of us was that the spokesperson for the sheriff's department said, you know, well, he had just been going through some things and it just all came to a head. He was having a bad day so he just did what he did now some of you are arguing that that wasn't him making excuses for the suspect that was just him relaying what the suspect told him but I'm here to tell you that even if that's the case it should have never been said you don't get up in front of a community that is right terrified and has been for over a year because of the racist rhetoric coming from the president and his supporters, some of them in Congress, some of them with Asian American Pacific Islander constituents. You don't get up in front of these people and try in any way or relay any information that would make them or make it seem like you're emphasizing or sympathizing with the suspect who walked in to these businesses that were minding their business and opened fire and killed eight people. I feel like that's rookie 101. Like I I'm not even a spokesperson for anybody and I feel like I should know that. Like I don't speak for anybody but me. 
And even I know that. So I just, it was very frustrating and rightfully so. I think we all have just had a moment where we're like, listen, forget all the BS. Like, forget all the, oh, well, what happens when, you know, other marginalized communities are going through it? Like, where you forget all of that. Because I've seen a lot of that. And I just, I don't even feel like now is the time for that. And I understand some of you African-American Black people feel like you don't want to be the spokesperson for, you know, violence against Asian-Americans. And of course, good. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be centered at all. But I understand that you feel like you're being centered because you see articles like, how can Black people be allies and Here's what black people need to do. And I don't agree with that either. Because most of the time, all that black people are trying to do is just survive and thrive. So I totally understand that. But I think that we all need to understand that white supremacy and racism is what got all of us here in the first place. That's why we're here. White supremacy. And if at this point we don't, come together now and stand up against it and don't get me wrong when they see us coming together and standing up against it they're gonna try they're gonna try really hard to throw hurdles in the way so that we get distracted but I think we need to remember that it's absolute white supremacy that will have a young man a grown man think that because he is suffering from sexual addiction and for some reason he has centered Asian American women in his fantasies because white supremacy told him to that they are the ones who need to pay. That's white supremacy. And if we don't, in this point, in this time, come together and fight white supremacy, we're all going to fail. Because that's, that's all it is. The foundations of the United States are white supremacy. The fact that they came over to a country and assumed that it was their right to take the land and inhabit the land, and expand the land, manifest destiny. It's all white supremacy. And I hate, I hate, I hate when some of y'all say, well, everything's not about race. You, You know what? You're right. Everything's not about race, but everything is about how white supremacy came in and made race a factor in Everything, the foundations of the country, the laws that were written in this country, even the Constitution wasn't written for women or minorities. So at this point, I understand where y'all are coming from, but I think we need to make sure that we're focusing our energies and our anger in the right place. And white supremacy is a problem. White supremacy allows 
for there to be an actual hearing that was pre-planned to discuss Asian American violence and the uptick of it in which representatives can actually get in this hearing and make it seem like their freedom of speech is being infringed upon because they want to talk about how they don't agree with communist China. Like that's white supremacy because how do you get in a hearing that is supposed to be about violence against a marginalized community and think that it's someone trying to tell you that you don't have the freedom of speech to be hateful against Chinese communism. Like, why are you even worried about communism in China? We're in the U.S. and Asian Americans are dying here. What does that even have to do? And let's not even discuss Chip Roy. What does lynching have to do with violence against Asian Americans? Y'all frustrate me so bad. I don't, like, I white supremacy gives these folks so much audacity. It really does. And at this point, to me, it's not even, well, where were you? It's, well, what are we going to do? Because if we don't get rid of white supremacy, we're all going to go down. We all saw what happened January 6th. We all saw how white supremacy got a president elected who spent the better part of last year and still now, even the day before these people were killed, still calling it the China virus. White supremacy is the spokesperson for the sheriff actually coming out, fixing his mouth to say that this person had a bad day when he's also one who spreads the rhetoric that the virus is China's fault and and showed a t-shirt that he got that said it was from China. That's white supremacy. And we need to take it down because I'm I'm disgusted by it. I'm disgusted by it all. Like, I understand some of you have your feelings about, you know, what to do in this moment. If you can't be helpful, then don't say nothing. Because I'm not going to sit around and just continue to let white supremacy run unchecked. Like, that's the point. That's why we are here where we are today. So as you can imagine, our president had a... A very busy week, especially with this going on. So when he did make his trip to Georgia yesterday, he actually had to ditch the plan in which he was going to have a rally for the American Rescue Plan. He was planning on going to Georgia to tout it and say thank you for giving us two Democratic senators because without them... This would never have been passed. Like, it got zero help from Republicans. So we can say that that's fact. So he ended up scrapping that rally because, of course, like, he had to answer the call at, of 
consoler in chief, as they call him. So he did make his rounds at the CDC, which, you know, the headquarters are in Atlanta. And he also met with leaders in the AAPI, it's an Asian American Pacific Islander Communities. And he um, did give a speech at Emory to discuss, you know, violence against Asian Americans and how it needs to stop. Um, and he also met with Stacey Abrams and hopefully, I hope that they discuss getting rid of the filibuster because if they don't get rid of that filibuster, we're not going to pass these voting rights. Anyways, um, so he just had a very busy week, um, trying to deal with all of this. There was also a gunman from Texas caught outside of the VP's official residence with an AR-15 semi-automatic rifle, like oodles of ammunition. And I don't know what his plans were, but fortunately he didn't really get to act out on them. He was caught. Actually, I don't know what he did in Texas for them to notice, but they had actually put like a banner out to look out for this guy, fortunately. So um, that's kind of how they were able to catch him outside of the vice president's residence. And, you know, like gun laws, kind of like New York and D.C. are not a joke. So he got hit with a bunch of charges. Um, of course, having the firearm, uh, having unregistered ammo, like all of this stuff, which absolutely, of course, he deserves. But I just, this has been a really wild week. And it's like the FBI put out another declassified report that basically said that the rhetoric of the big lie is going to cause even more violence. And it's not just that election lie. It's the president using rhetoric in which he blamed the virus on a whole group of people and marginalized them. Of course, as far as we know, the coronavirus did originate in Wuhan, China. But in a climate such as this, where we have a president who has so many, we had, thank God, we don't have him anymore. But we had a former president who was a divider in chief. He knew he had a interesting follower following of people who were very radical to, to have him actually continue that rhetoric, knowing, being told that like, hey, you know, it's going to like marginalize some folks. And then to actually have people still in Congress today saying, well, I should be able to say what I want and say against certain things. Like, I don't think the rhetoric is dangerous. Like, after eight people have just been killed, after eight people, six Asian American people have been killed, after a whole insurrection on the Capitol... After a man put guns in his bag and went to a pizza shop because he thought 
that it was a cover for a child texturing. Like, the rhetoric is dangerous. Like, it's very clear. And it has been. And for these politicians to refuse, to flat out refuse to talk against it or to push back against it, every time they refuse to do that, a group of people feels super emboldened, feels like they are doing the right thing by being completely violent and radical because you guys won't speak out against them. Ugh. Washington has just been so frustrating this week. But of course, they're not all bad. Everything isn't all bad. This week, the House passed four bills that can be seen as really good things. Um, They passed a bill to renew the Violence Against Women Act. For some reason, that was allowed to lapse and had some pushback. It doesn't even make sense. Um, But there was. But this week, they were able to pass the bill to renew it. It got 244 votes with, I think, 29 Republicans voting for it. Now, the NRA is unhappy about a provision that was put in this bill. It was passed, but they're unhappy about it because apparently it's supposed to close, like, the boyfriend loophole in which the way the the law was written before gave some gray area on exactly who would be considered like a domestic violence perpetrator. And I think a lot of people, I'm sure that there were a lot of people who experienced that that probably got like a ex-boyfriend or someone that they had a romantic relationship off in ways that they shouldn't have. Well, the NRA feels like they don't like it because it infringes upon gun rights. <sighs> like their argument is that it goes too far. Like what if someone like used to deal with a guy in the past? Like what what's considered a boyfriend or what's considered, I guess, someone you just used to hook up with and I'm like, it doesn't matter if they're trying to kill you. That's what I would think, but apparently that's not what NRI thinks. I'm sure that maybe there's more to it that makes sense, but that's how I understood it, and to me it didn't make any, so that's that. Um, They also passed a bill that would give the Capitol Police officers medals for everything they did at the Capitol on the 6th of January uh, I thought everybody was cool with this bill. Like, apparently not because 12 Republicans voted against it. Now, I know that sounds confusing. Some of them said that they didn't like the language in the bill. With Republicans, it's never what the bill does. It's always either procedure or language, but... One of them specifically said he didn't like that the bill used insurrection 
which that's what it was. Lauren Bobert, I'm talking to you. It was an insurrection. It was not people petitioning the government. Girl, do you even know what a petition is? Webster's. Webster's Dictionary is free. Anyways, some said they didn't like that insurrection was used. And then one congressman also said that he didn't like that they were calling the Capitol the Temple of Democracy. He felt like that was too sacrilegious. So he just could not, in good conscience, vote for giving medals to the police officers that risked their lives and their limbs for the Congress people on that day. That's how he felt. I'm a, whatever it is, what it is. But it passed. Once again, just 12 Republicans voted against it. They also passed a pair of immigration bills to provide pathways to citizens for dreamers. And then I think some that are here on protected status and then some other folks. That was one bill. And then they also passed a bill that would allow farm workers a pathway to citizenship if they showed like constant employment or whatnot. It would give not only them, but I think their family members too a pathway to citizenship. So I think that's the bee's knees, honestly, truly. Uh, we have a big deal going on right now at the border. The administration refuses to call it a crisis and everybody's up in arms because they won't call it a crisis. I really don't care what you call it as long as you're trying to fix it. And it appears that the Biden administration is doing every single thing they can. But once again, they have thousands of unaccompanied minors at the border. They have thousands of people who are coming in because they immediately, for some reason, assume that President Biden was more humane, like his administration would be more humane than the last one. So that brought an influx of people. There are natural disasters. There's violence in these places. There are a whole bunch of reasons why these people are coming over in influx. And then there are also this crazy surge in unaccompanied minors. And unfortunately, they're being held in facilities longer than they're supposed to be. They're being held in facilities where children shouldn't even be. COVID has made all of this even worse. So I understand everyone wants to be upset about it. I understand that Republican officials, even without any proof to back it up, want us all to believe that it's terrorists that are coming over here and, you know, migrating. I don't know. Once again, no proof to back that up. No proof to back up that they're bringing COVID. It's just a really crazy situation down there. And the Biden administration is actually doing what they can to make it better. I wouldn't even want to be in their situation. I don't even know how you fix all of that. So that's why I just thought it was a good thing to see at least some immigration bills passing in the house once again once they get to the senate nobody knows but it was good to see 
those things passing in the house so that we could bring some kind of hope to a people who have felt like they've been in limbo for a long time, especially like the dreamers who have spent years you know, of the last administration wondering what was going to happen. Like, would one day they just be sent back to a country that they don't even know? Like, so I thought that those were, those are really good things for the House to have passed this week. Update on the Congresswoman you love to hate. Jimmy Gomez, a rep in the U.S. House of Representatives, has introduced a resolution to expel Georgia Republican Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene from Congress. He flat out said that she advocated for violence against their peers, and he thinks she needs to be out of there now. I won't say that I don't agree. I absolutely won't say that. Will it happen? Mm, I think, personally, If they were to do a secret vote, it might happen. Um, Other than that, I don't think that any Republicans will support it. I think right now it only has about 70 some uh, Democrats that have signed on to the resolution to expel her. I mean... I think she should go, but we'll see what happens. You know, the Republicans love to cry, precedent. This will set a precedent. So we'll see what happens. But um, Marjorie Taylor Greene has just been disgusting through and through. So, yeah, I mean, we'll keep our eyes and ears peeled on that story. Speaking of another story that we've been following ever so closely, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Every week I tell y'all that we wish that it had gone better for him. And then every week I have to come back and let you guys know it's even worse. (laughs) So a sixth accuser and actually a current aide for Andrew Cuomo has come forward and said that while she did say he touched her or there was, you know, any unwanted physical touch, that there was a little bit of ogling, some sexual uh, remarks made. I think she said he stared down her shirt at her breasts one time, just very unpleasant uncomfortable work environment for her she said that of course if he felt like she was like kind of blowing off or anyone else for that matter the workplace was you know very retaliatory in nature meaning I guess that they would meet retaliatory actions when they did something that wasn't pleasing to the governor, I guess, which just sounds terrible. Um, It mirrors stories from other former aides, and it's just really not looking good for your boy. Um, Once again, Republicans and Democrats alike are asking him to resign. He continues to push back against that. And he's just been out and about doing the normal rounds, I guess, trying to show everyone that he 
is up for the job. It can be done. He can do it even with all of these different things going on and all these different investigations into him. Because once again, don't forget the nursing homes. It's a totally separate investigation. So I guess he's just trying to show New Yorkers that he can get it done even if he's being investigated for sexual harassment and uh, nursing home deaths. One thing that did occur that I just think is a very interesting look is he actually told his staffers that he would, I guess it is, his administration would offer them lawyers in any event that they were being questioned, I guess, in the investigation <laughs> and um, they needed representation. I don't think I need to tell you how there could be a conflict of interest there. It really seems like in all of these investigations, he's kind of trying to plant his own people there so he'll have like a heads up on what exactly is going on unfortunately for the staffers it's kind of like a darned if you do darned if you don't if they do accept the representatives or representation from his office they probably are going to feel pressured into not disclosing certain things or, you know, retaliation if they do. But then in turn, if they don't accept it, they're probably also going to face retaliation because of the fact that he's maybe going to assume that they're going to cooperate with, you know, the prosecutor. So it's it's not a place that I would want to be in. I wish them all the best, but that's what's going on with that case. I honestly don't. I, I've said this before and I have to keep saying it. I don't see it getting better for him. However, we are in a world where the common citizen will forget things that occur. Uh, even with the internet and all of the dish you on Twitter, it seems like collectively as a society, we all have short-term memories. So honestly, if he can make it to, I guess, 2022, I think that's when he's up for re-election. If he can make it to that point and the investigations don't really, I guess, heed any crazy types of revelations and I think I think he could get reelected like that's that's the world we are in today so honestly he's probably doing the right thing politically for his career to hold off and not resign until the investigations are done however if those investigations come out with some even worse information than before then yeah, he's he's going to be done for. Um, they've already spoken with, I think, three of his former aides that have ac- accused him. So they're just going down the line at this point. So we'll keep an eye on that story because I know everyone wants to know what's going to go on with your boy Cuomo. Didn't he, didn't he seem so cool last year? 
things can really switch up in a year's time. Absolutely. And if we want to talk about switching things up, maybe you'll be happy to know that the former president called into his favorite news network. Well, actually, they have a love-hate relationship. Fox News and talked, talked, talked. And when he was asked about the vaccine, he said, hey, you know, like you guys, you guys should definitely get the vaccine. It's totally safe. I can see why you don't want to get it. Like I know that there are people who don't want to get it because of their freedoms. And I understand that too. So, you know, whatever you want to do, it's all on you, which was totally not helpful at this point he's already done the damage so it really is not enough it will not be enough if he is actually trying to get republicans to change their mind i don't think he was i think he was just saying it because he definitely can't be upstaged by the other former living president so i think he just you know threw that little tidbit in there so as not to be outdone but fox news really has to work on their messaging because (laughs) sean hannity was saying just last week that president biden needed to give the former president props for the vaccine right even though the former president only brings up the vaccine when he wants props, he barely will tell people to get it. He got it in secret. And he just acts like it's whatever, do what you want to do. Even though like almost half of Republicans have said they don't want to get the vaccine. And on top of that, I think even before he did this call, Tucker Carlson is on Fox News saying that the vaccine isn't safe. Don't take it. Like, it's not good for you. This, that, and the third. So I'm just like, what is the message? Because besides staying on task about Dr. Seuss and Horton Hears a Who and anything else that's insane like president biden not yet holding a press conference so that media can ask him questions besides those shenanigans they cannot get the message together we're supposed to give the former president all the credit for the vaccine he'll barely tell people to take and then you're also going to use like your most viewed pundit to tell people not to take the vaccine. It doesn't make sense. The math is not mathing. So get it together, Fox News. I mean, I I think that y'all can put together some better messaging than that. I mean, really makes no sense. The fact that you allow people to just get on and lie anyway is just, at least have the messaging together. It's confusing to go from hour to hour and like all the stories are different. It doesn't even make any sense. It just, it wasn't helpful 
at this point, the damage that he has done is so deep that he's really going to, if he wanted to, but he doesn't, he would really have to sink some money into actually like doing advertising and a whole campaign to get people to take the vaccine. He probably could have done it publicly so that people would, I'm sorry, the Republicans who follow him, who are influenced by him, could have more faith in the vaccine and want to take it for themselves or their, their families. I just, it doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, unfortunately, the current president has done what he can do to make sure that everyone can get a vaccine. Um, we're about 60 days in, I think, to his presidency, and he hit his 100 shots, 100 million shots um, in 100 days. He already hit that goal. I, I heard somewhere that if we stay on track with where we are right now, we could maybe even hit 200 um, by the end of the 100 days. I don't know how true that is. I have not done the math. I will not do the math. But I think the last figure I saw was that we might have done over 3 million uh, in the past day. So uh, I think if we continue to go uh, at the pace that we're going, we'll have, you know, maybe 200 million people vaccinated in no time. If you have a governor like our governor in Florida, I don't know what to tell you. I'm wishing you the best. Try to get in any way you can legally. I know that they've opened it up for, uh, like I said before, people who have existing conditions like diabetes and all of that stuff, obesity, heart problems, high cholesterol, all of that. So if you have those things, I would do what I can to get the vaccine. I think they also, just as recently as very soon after I dropped the last episode, decided to open it up to teachers and teach like administrative staffs. And I think that they're also going to lower the age to 50 here for uh, senior citizens and older adults. I know that the governor got a lot of flack here in Florida because of the fact that there were vaccination sites that were empty. There was no one in line to get the vaccines. And I'm like, that's just a waste. Like you might as well just open up the eligibility. So I'm glad they did that. There was a a big stink about it on uh, Twitter for sure and other social media. So that was good to see. What was not good to see for Florida was our very own homegrown case of actual election fraud. Yes, yes, you heard it. There was actually election fraud in Florida, but it's not the type of fraud you think. It's involving dark money and sham candidates. So a few weeks or so after the election, a local news outlet had reported that something fishy was going on 
with a few of the candidates for uh, House of Representatives. Uh, it appeared that some sham candidates were being propped up. They were added to the ballot, but they didn't campaign. They never showed up to anything in person. No one had ever seen them. They weren't running any ads or anything like that. And they thought it was strange because in Miami, there were two candidates and the Democratic candidate only lost by maybe 20 votes. It wasn't a lot. It was a very, very close race. But if you looked at the ballot, there seemed to be just this random candidate, no picture, same last name as the Democratic candidate who got like almost six or seven thousand votes. So the idea is that this candidate was propped up and used as a means to siphon votes from the legitimate candidate. Think about it. If you're at the polls and you know who you're voting for or whatnot, and you're just moving really fast and you see a name that's very similar to the name that you want to circle in, you might just fill in your bubble for that name. So this candidate, this sham candidate got thousands of votes that probably would have gone to the Democratic candidate had that candidate not been listed on the ballot. So it turns out the police did a raid on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, and they found basically that there was a gentleman who used to be a state senator for Florida, Frank Artillis, who had to resign, I think about four years ago for using derogatory words and terms against Muslims and African Americans, actually spent, I think about $45,000 to have a friend who I guess was strapped for cash actually join the race for, and I apologize, I think I said for house rep, but it's actually for state senator. So this guy was the incumbent and he was sure to win. So Frank Artiles paid a friend dark money. That's what we mean when we say dark money, meaning that There really isn't a source and it goes back to somewhere really weird. I think when they looked up the address that was given for the candidate, like it went back to a P.O. box. Everything about this was just a huge scam from jump. So Artilles apparently paid this friend $45,000 just to put his name on the ballot. He didn't once again, do any campaigning. He didn't show up to debates or anything. Like He just took $45,000, sat at home, and basically just watched everything unfold, I guess. So (sighs) this is the real election fraud. These are the people that are actually committing election fraud. But your state legislators 
and your former president want you to believe that it was people that were voting for dead people or that weren't living in the state. Like, no, no. It's actual people in the system or of the system gaming the system. Just like Republicans use voter restrictions to rig elections. Like, this is it's the most frustrating thing ever. Because now what do they do, right? What do they do when they know that this man likely would have run? He was incumbent. So he most likely was going to win in that district. What do you do now that his seat has gone to someone else who claims they had no idea about, you know, what was going on. Now, I'm not going to say I absolutely believe that either she didn't know or somebody she was working with absolutely knew. Like, what's in it for this already disgraced senator to pay someone $45,000 to build up a sham candidate? Like, anyway, so... I'm going to keep watching this story because I really want to know like what they're going to do. Like, are they going to kick her out? You know what I'm saying? Or, or are they going to be like, well, we can't prove that those, however many votes would have actually went to him, which I mean, once again, they probably would have. So I'm going to just say beyond frustrating. This is what I mean. <laughs> beyond frustrating. And that's why I have to, I have to continue pushing for the For the People Act, which cleared the House already. It was H.R. 1 in the House. Now it's made it to the Senate. It's S.R. 1 in the Senate. It's a huge freaking deal because how long are we going to continue to elect? The people who are telling us our elections are fraudulent continue to be the reason why our elections are fraudulent in the first place. Like, it's just, it's so crazy. And all of the things, unfortunately, that I think the current president is going to want to do in this administration, all unfortunately hinges on this stupid filibuster. And everybody thinks they know what should be done about it. And I'm going to be quite honest. I don't, like, I really don't. Like some days I'm like, get rid of it and some days I'm like what the heck's gonna happen even your boy Mitch McConnell got up this week and warned us that we don't want to know what a scorched earth senate looks like and some people say oh that's he's just scared and I'm like I don't know if he's scared like but I know if he ever gets back in power and there's no filibuster, we're probably screwed. But at the same time, when he did have power and there was a filibuster, we were screwed. So I don't really know which way to go at this point. Like, it's just back and forth and back and forth. Like, I'm just on edge because it it feels like the Republicans have shown us for sure in the words that they use and the things that they threaten that they really 
don't care about doing anything as long as they can stop Democrats from doing everything. Like Mitch McConnell claims that the Senate is basically supposed to be the place where bills go to die. And that just doesn't even make sense. Like if we're supposed to hold senators up so high to such a a high standard, then how can we accept them not doing anything for us like how can we accept them as a body just being there to block the things that we as people need the 50 republican senators in the senate don't even represent the majority of voters and they are the minority But they are acting like they're not. And because of our rules, unfortunately, I don't really see what power we have when we, everything needs like a 60 vote. Everything has a 60 vote threshold, except for, uh, I think those lifetime judges, which they actually changed, which is how McConnell and Trump got so many judges in during his tenure. But what what can we do? What do we do? Like at this point, I don't know. It's just frustrating. I, like on social media, it's a back and forth. We need to get rid of the filibuster. Well, why do we get rid of it? What do we get rid of? How do we get rid of? How do we change it? Like we should make them talk. Like have we not seen how spiteful these people are? They will set up a filibuster and talk for days if it means not advancing actual legislation that can help people. So (laughs) I'm just really frustrated about it. Once again, I know that, you know, many senators and even President Biden were like, totally against getting rid of the filibuster. And everybody said, hey, you need to deal with it now in the beginning before you get to a hot button hot touch issue and then you're gonna run into having to get rid of it because of that issue and unfortunately that's where it it looks like we're approaching right with the voting acts that are up against this moment and immigration reform and infrastructure Everything's going to require 10 Republicans to join on. And they're like ridiculously against like everything. Like, of course, everyone wants some sort of immigration reform. Of course, everyone wants infrastructure. But when you bring up things like just allowing people to actually have the right to vote, it's like, what? what no we shouldn't have a hand in those we should leave it to the states but we continue to watch the states actively disenfranchise voters like it's really the most frustrating thing like i i don't know i don't i don't know i don't know how you could be in the senate and not be frustrated to death i'm at home not making over a hundred thousand dollars and i'm frustrated I want to have some hope. I don't have a lot of it. So we'll continue to watch this fight over the filibuster. And I think it's going to be a fight. Because once again, 
to even do the filibuster, I feel like they need those 60 votes. And Mitch McConnell has promised, he has absolutely promised that if the Dems try to do anything to that filibuster, which is racist anyway, it, it was used to back, it was used to block civil rights. It was used to block like voting rights acts. It was used to, to block any and everything when it came to minorities like it's just a racist tool to begin with it's not written into the constitution it's it it's never been like a stronghold in governments fairly new how we do it right now i mean apparently back when in biden's day they had to talk so i don't know at what point they reformed it so now you can just filibuster and go home and take a nap like I don't know when they did that, but apparently it has been changed before. So I don't think it can't be changed now. But I think Mitch McConnell, before he before he goes on to his final resting place, let me put it like that. I think he will do everything he can to make sure that he is not helping people. To make sure that the Senate is not helping people. To make sure, in his words, that the Senate is blocking crazy radical legislation. Like, imagine in 2021 voting rights being radical. Anyway, so... This is why, once again, I tell you to contact your representatives. Contact your representatives, your house reps, your state senators, your actual U.S. senators. Contact them, call them, write them emails, write them letters, send them text messages. Because at least one thing they'll have to do is they'll have to explain why their constituents were actively asking them to support something and they would not. And I know for voting rights, they're trying to use the, oh, it's government overreach argument, but we're far past that. We're far past that. The government needs to do something when states are actively disenfranchising and restricting voting rights. And by the way, it appears that Georgia is walking back a few of the things in their bills like no excuse absentee voting the sunday polls being open because they've been called out legit for how racist that 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 was and they also businesses like coca-cola and stuff were like we're not gonna support this like we're not gonna give money to you guys for you to disenfranchise votes and (laughs) i hate to say it but once the money started getting funny they start changing things up. So shout out to uh, Latasha Scott, Stacey Abrams, Black Voters Matter in Georgia, who came together and said, well, we can't really do much about whether the Senate's going to pass it, but we can call on these corporations and let them know that like, we're the ones who support them and they should not be supporting you know, legislators who are fighting to take our voting rights away. So that's a small victory, a very small victory, because it appears that Georgia has released like this 93-page crazy voting bill that 
nobody was really expecting and just it just keeps getting worse right so at this point if the government can't even do something to ensure that the people in the states can actually vote then like what are they there for what are the senators there for if every time the house passes something it's going to get blocked or it's just going to fail in the senate what are they there for what do we need them for honestly truly so i hope y'all got y'all stimmies this week i know that a lot of people received them in the middle of the week if you got your stimmy and you know your bills are paid up and you were able to pay up your bills congrats to you if you got your stimmy and you have a little piece of change and you can treat yourself treat yourself because it's been a hard year if you want to put it all in savings that's fine that's fine too but you got if you have a, a little bit to say treat yourself and don't feel bad about what you treat yourself with like don't let nobody talk junk to you about getting crab legs or doing your seafood boil or getting you some shoes it don't matter treat yourself it's been it's been a hard year as always thank you guys for listening to the podcast i'm super close to my goal of 1000 streams by the end of the month so if you like the podcast if it's helpful if you're learning or if you just like listening to me rant in my country accent share it with a friend Send them the link directly, share it on your social medias, anything we can to get us to the goal and to get some exposure for the podcast because I do this for you guys. So thank you for listening and I'll check you again next week.